This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. following platforms apple podcast google play spotify tune in stitcher soundcloud and podbean just search just the two of us podcast follow us on social media on facebook just the two of us podcast or on twitter we can be found at jttou podcast or follow us individually. You can find Steven at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y, or follow Tracy at Trayrific, T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hello. <laughs> Tracy? Steven. <laughs> Why do you always, like, give these, like... <laughs> you always just give me these weird looks when I say your name. You say it as if, um, I don't know, uh, as if you don't know me. <laughs> Tracy? It's um, Tracy. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just got here or something. Like, like I just walked in the room or something. Like, walked I just walked in. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Tracy, <laughs> do you know what this podcast is yes what is it <laughs> this no uh, that's not what it is what is i know it? what you're about to say but that's not what it is <laughs> before we get to that this is our 50th podcast oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm so confused i know <laughs> our 50th podcast we've been doing this for i don't know how many years you don't know Seven years, six, seven years. I don't know. We have 50 podcasts. And we only have 50 podcasts. (laughs) We haven't been that consistent with it. (laughs) Podcasting is hard, people. And I I appreciate and give props to everyone who made a career of it and do it like as their source of income because it's really Mm -hmm. tough to do. But we're, we've done 50, which is kind of like an accomplishment because cool. there's a lot of podcasts where people get into it, they're so excited, and they do like one or two episodes, <laughs> and they completely disappear <laughs> off of that. I've yeah. seen plenty of them. I oh, see yeah, them sure all the time there. when I'm looking at podcasts to listen to. So mm-hmm. we should give ourselves you know, a pat on the back for we at should. least getting mm-hmm. to 50, which yeah. is an accomplishment. Pretty cool. I'm very proud of us. All right. It took us a while, but <laughs> it took we us got a while, there. but we, we got made there. It. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, Joe. Oh, God. <laughs> we Ladies did and it, gentlemen, Joe. <laughs> he loves that. You can't tell me we did it, Joe, ain't like the greatest thing ever. Like, oh, we did it, Joe. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best. You make, you make her sound so like. She's so pained. Pained, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we did it, Joe. She's very happy, okay. I know, but the way she said it was so funny. <laughs> but now that we got that out the way, <laughs> this podcast, mm-hmm. what the topic is, which you were about to spoil before I had to <gasps> cut you off, <laughs> you ruined like my big, you know, 50th episode announcement. Um, <laughs> it's about. What really grinds our gears? You know what grinds, grinds our gears. gears. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we're not talking about grinding our gears and like the general 
sense of the world, like, you know, you know, like regular stuff that happens to you on the day to day basis. Like, why do people send emails that say, I hope this email finds you well? <laughs> or, <laughs> I love starting. Or like eight o'clock. <laughs> Eight o'clock Zoom meetings, and then you're expected to have your camera on. Like <laughs> those really grind our gears in the real world. But we're talking about what grinds our gears in movies and television shows. Mm-hmm. And it's basically those things that, like, you just really hate to see. It's like you just find annoying when you mm-hmm. watch a movie or television show. It's like, why do they do this? Like, mm-hmm. why do they always do this? Right. And sometimes it could take away from the enjoyment of a show or film and other times it's just like a minor annoyance but in any event like there's a lot of those things that happen (laughs) (laughs) and i mean we'll just go through a few of ours and and maybe you know for you guys listening at home or in your car uh (laughs) am i kidding you're at home no one's going anywhere (laughs) you're not in your car (laughs) you're not in your car you're sitting right there at home um Maybe you guys can follow along. Maybe you'll find some familiarity with some of these things. And you think, man, like, yeah, I hate that too. Mm-hmm. And we can all commiserate in our hate of these things because right. that's the American way. I yeah, mean, that's, that's what, what we, we like do. To do. <laughs> we're, we're a country of haters. But um, <laughs> anyway, and this, I don't know, this might be like the big joker. So I'm just going to, I'm going to just start from the okay, top. Go with my, for it. Like my first one on my list yeah. is... I really hate in like movies and television. Well, it's this is more specific to television shows though. Okay. I hate when television shows that aren't about families mm-hmm. feel the need to add families for like the main characters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about shows where a lot of times it's like a genre show, or maybe it could be something like a cop show. Where, you know, it's like a sci-fi thing and you have these, like, investigators doing something or FBI agents or, um, you know, like, secret agents or whatever where they have to investigate a crime or week to week they're solving some mystery mm-hmm. and then they have to, like, squeeze in, like, a family situation into, like, the yeah. characters, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost as if they don't have enough stuff to talk about in the show that they have to add this, like, family element. Mm-hmm. Of course, like, in real life, people have families, you right, know? Of course. of course they have real families, and they have to deal with families when, uh, you know, it, it balances home life with their families and their jobs and careers and stuff like that. But when we're talking about, like, TV shows, like, we can suspend some disbelief, but mm-hmm. we don't need to have families right. all up in the show. Like... And and this really came to mind because of, more recently because of the show Manifest on on uh, NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been watching Manifest. This is the third season. And if you don't know about Manifest, it's about like uh, a bunch of people are flying on a plane uh, back from Jamaica to New York, and the plane disappears and then reappears like five years later and the people on the plane, no time has passed. They don't realize that it's been five years and they get off the plane like everything's normal and the rest of the world has moved on. It's kind of like, think of it like Endgame with, <laughs> with the Avengers where people disappeared for five years and they came back to exact moment where they disappeared. So in this show, it's kind of like a lost type of show where they're trying to figure out the mysteries of the why the plane disappeared and why they're having all these... People mm-hmm. who are on the plane have these visions. And it really involves... The main story is about this family. There's this father 
with his son who were on the plane and then his daughter and his wife who weren't on that on that plane and his sister and all these people are trying to like you know work together to solve these mysteries but then they have the family involved in stuff and it's mm-hmm. like it, it, it's kind of like a, a it's a mystery show but it's also a little bit of like a thriller spy show where they're going into these dangerous situations <laughs> to find information and there's like shady government operatives <laughs> and other bad guys trying to stop them or kill them or whatever it is and then they have the family involved they have like the son and then they have like the daughter and it's it's so weird because like they feel it's like because the daughter and the wife don't have these so-called visions that the main characters have that mm-hmm. the so, but they find they have to invent ways to keep them involved in the plot. Like, right. what is the what is the the daughter and the and the mother doing when the father is off running through the streets of New York trying to, you know, find information about why the plane disappeared? And it seems right. kind of silly, like to force it. Right. Like that's like a thing that I really hate because there's no reason to put that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to do shows like this, I mean, I, I feel like. It's like with like with cop shows. Those cop shows try to force like a, a family like, situation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Just make just just makes the cop single because because <laughs> right. th- there's not there's nothing going to happen on the show like plot wise unless it's a family show about the family where it's going to be necessary to have the family involved because it feels mm-hmm. like you're just shoehorning them into the story. Yeah, and then like when the when a family is there, like when a cop is like undercover for like three weeks and they don't show the family, <laughs> it's right. like. What's up with this family? Where's like, because you if you, if you didn't bring them into the show in the first place, you would have to figure out ways to kind of keep them involved and right. and not have the viewer question well, what's going on. This doesn't make any sense. Like, mm-hmm. this guy's going around undercover for three weeks, and you know the family's just chilling at home or whatever. So mm-hmm. that, that's like a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I agree. Um, there are a lot of shows like that. It seems like, especially with cop shows. They bring in a family, and you don't really hear about them until they need them for surprise. Something. The the wife and kid has been kidnapped, right? <laughs> you know, like it's like the bad guy or whoever you know the cop is dealing with. You usually kind of see it more, not just with regular cop shows, not like well, I haven't watched Law and Order in so long, but like a, a more like a FBI based show where you know the person is like you know, investigating something like deep, you know, and they have to go deep cover or something like that. And it's like one kind of main person they've been hunting for a long time. So that sort of, you know, uh, what's, what's another word for cop? <laughs> I don't want to use those that I don't want to use because they're not cops. Enforcement. There we go. <laughs> Law enforcement type show where, yeah, like there, you know, you've got somebody who's just, you know, hunting someone specifically. And then that person, you know, finds out, oh, this person's got a family. I'm going to kidnap their family. And that's the only time, like, you see the family, like, really involved in, like, the plot. And it just, and then, like, after that, it's just over. And it's, like, okay. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the family's just, like, a plot device for very specific, like, for uh, p- plot points. Yeah, you know? to, and create drama, to create drama. To create drama. And mm-hmm. oh, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like families. I like families. <laughs> You don't even think they're like, like I know, you just say, oh my gosh, this guy's miserable. He just hates families. No, I just feel like there's certain shows where if it's going to be a certain kind of show where it's about, you know, if it's like an action-oriented show Mm -hmm. or like a sci-fi show or more Mm -hmm. of a horror show, like any thriller. Even doctor shows really do that too. Yeah. You know, where the doctor or our, you know, I think of Grey's Anatomy because I watch that the most, but, you know, they all kind of have... 
um, at some point developed families and children have been had <laughs> on the show. But these doctors are at the, you know, hospital, like practically 24 seven, it, it seems, you know, so it's like, well, when do you have time? You know, I know they do make time, but it, it's just kind of like, um, I don't know. It, it's just kind of like they're, they, there's nothing to do with the family. Like, they don't have anything to, you know, yeah. for the families to do. And they have to, like, invent stuff to keep mm-hmm. them. So, like, it'll be a situation where, okay, now one of the family members is, like, caught up in something, mm-hmm. some crazy situation, and they get involved. Like, oh, my gosh, the, it was my son Billy who was in that accident that, you know, that happened down at the stadium, and now he's on the operating table. It's like, right. oh my gosh, I have to save Billy right. too. You know, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, and they have to invent ways to get the family involved because mm-hmm. there are moments where, like, yeah, they do want to show some family stuff, and it's like, but you can't show it all the time. So then you have to, like, the writers, I feel like, have to invent scenarios right. where you bring the family into right. the main, you know, thrust yeah. of the of the show. And I just feel like most times it's not done well. Right. It's just haphazard. It's very like it's it's very last minute. It's kind of lazy. Right. And like one show I think that that did do it well was The Unit that came on CBS mm-hmm. a few years ago with Dennis Haysbert oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and um no, Scott Foley where, you know, the show was the premise of these like you know, special, you know, a unit like Army Rangers who they would go overseas and get engaged in these, like, operations, these uh, clandestine operations, and then and then their wives, their families are back at home on the base. But that show did a good job of, like, showing the lives of the women on the base and making it just as intriguing or interesting mm-hmm. as what was going on with the, with the guys, you know, going into some country, you know, parachuting in and, right. and rescuing some hostages mm-hmm. from some dictator or something like that. So they, they really balanced that well. And also, I mean, in many of the same episodes, like, you know, the husbands would be back home and then they'll have, like, family stuff going on at home on the base to have discussions in certain situations with, you know, living on the base. So it didn't feel, it never really felt forced mm-hmm. with the the unit. But most shows aren't that good. Most shows will have, like, these like you know a navy seal type operation but then like you know they show the fan the wife once in a while when it serves their purpose of having some kind of plot point come up and it's kind of like 95 percent of the episode is about this guy running around shooting people and then the five percent is like mm-hmm. billy got a d on his homework exam and then like you know <laughs> yeah. something stupid like that so right well so that 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 to me that's like uh a big like pet peeve of mine which really grinds mm-hmm. my gears with tv shows <laughs> well i'm going to keep going with 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 that aspect uh slightly it's something that you also brought up before which i agree with and that's um kids <laughs> doing stupid things <laughs> in movies yeah and tv shows um so that it can create again some sort of tension or some sort of drama um Again, we love children here. <laughs> they are wonderful. But a lot of movies and TV shows tend to use uh, usually an older ch- child, you know, maybe in the age of 10 to 13, definitely teenagers, but, you know, maybe as young as 10. They use them to do, you know, make the kid do something that will now create some sort of like super tense you know, situation. Um, I think you encountered this the most when you watched uh, 
The Walking Dead. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so you can talk more about that. But we've all seen those shows where you you see like the parents like you know trying to you know maybe the situation is like someone's broken into the house right and they're hiding right and this could be a movie or a TV show whatever and the parents like okay be quiet you know telling the kid to be quiet and for some reason and this and this is this can vary sometimes the kid is listening and is scared and then they accidentally make a noise they sneeze or something like that and you're just like ah like of course the kid is going to sneeze or something happens or one of their toys makes it they you know makes a noise but then you got on the flip side like you've got that kid that's like they're like whatever <laughs> about the situation and they like say something loudly but mom what you know and you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to like i i can't think of an exact you know situation but you but you've all been there you've all seen those types of movies where you know the kid is asked to be quiet or to hide or to to stay in their room or whatever it is and for some reason they they just can't do that <laughs> they have to like somehow leave their room for whatever reason oh but i left my snack downstairs or i left my i left mr fuzzy downstairs right. now i gotta go run to, you know and, and the parent and the kid starts freaking out and the parent's like oh god you know we quiet someone's in the house. whatever we've seen that and i just I can't stand that. I just like can't nah, I agree. stand that. Like you mentioned like The Walking Dead. Like that was mm-hmm. my one of my biggest grind my gears about that show in yeah, the beginning. Yeah, you talked about that a lot. Was like <laughs> Carl and like Rick was always there. Carl, Carl, Carl. He was always yelling for Carl cuz Carl was always like wandering off somewhere and and like encountering zombies. And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Yo, like, this kid is old enough that he should know better not to be just, like, wandering off. Yeah, that's the worst when the kid is, like, clearly old, old enough. Right, right, to know better. Like, this is, like, this is a world where, at this point, this kid knows we are in the new world order of zombies everywhere. He's seen <laughs> zombies eat people. He's seen, you know, his, his father and the people he's with and his mother have to kill zombies with guns. Everyone's running around with guns and chopping off heads. So he knows this is a very, very, very very dangerous situation yet that kid was always just wandering off somewhere i'm like dude like if i was his age i don't know how how old he was supposed to be at the time maybe like 10 or 11 who knows but i'm like if if the if the zombie apocalypse if the z-pop jumped off when i was 10 years old i would be so freaking frightened that i would not go anywhere I would not be more than two inches from my parents. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, there's literally zombies everywhere. I would be so frightened that I wouldn't go anywhere without my mm-hmm. parents. Exactly. But yet, this kid was always wandering around. And I'm like, this is so dumb. They do that a lot in, in movies and shows. And again, it's just, to me, very... It's it's like, this is, this is going to be another pet... This is actually a pet peeve of mine, so I can kind of just roll right into it. But it's... And I don't know how to even phrase it, but um, it, it it's obviously like bringing up The Walking Dead is a really good example because it's obviously it's not real. We hope <laughs> that that will never happen. But um, yeah, like when you have these types of shows where it's clearly like okay, you know, an unrealistic situation, and yet the actions of the characters sometimes are are very unrealistic, like. I, like you said, a child 
oh, I'm just going to go off and explore during this zombie apocalypse, you know? Um, and they're always able to just leave and no one knows that they've left. But anyway, it's my pet peeve is with, I guess, you, you know, people who make movies and TV shows. It's like the suspension of disbelief. Where, where do you draw that line? Where do you want us <laughs> As the audience, too. How, how much do you want us to suspend How do you want us to Exactly. It's, like, very hard to explain. I just, you know, you just know it when you see it in, in a movie. Like, maybe you're watching something very dramatic, you know, like, like a just flat-out drama. And, and, and yet something happens. And to me, I, I find this more so in dialogue than, than anything else. I guess my biggest pet peeve with a lot of things is, is dialogue and, and, like, the writing. But, like, yeah, it's, it's that suspension of disbelief and like the the line like how far do you want us to go here are we really supposed to believe that you know i'm just gonna keep using an example because it's a good example of like a, a child just wandering off or like even like in the other example i said like you know a kid freaking out that they've left their favorite stuffed animal downstairs while there's like an obvious like person trying to hunt them down and and this is and i say it in the scenario of the like maybe it's a, a mom and a child at home or, may, or maybe it's a whole family at home and they literally see like people breaking into their house and they run upstairs you know what i mean they see it. it's not like they were upstairs and like the mom or dad heard something downstairs so they get you know you didn't see anything no like obvious situation where it's like oh my god someone's trying to break in our house and get us and we and they're coming and we see them and you run to the basement and you hide or something but yet the kid is like but Mr. Snuggles is upstairs by himself. <laughs> like, kid. It's like that kind of like writing that that just wouldn't happen. Like, I just yeah. I would hope it would not happen. It just is so unrealistic. But like, you see that a lot in terms of you know that hap- that that's that's like a subset of like my my other very specific <laughs> grind my gear thing mm-hmm. of stupid characters yeah, like yeah. generally <laughs> in movies and television shows like I, I i i understand like if you know if we watch stuff like i said action movies or thrillers or things like that people are under high stress and they might make mistakes and do right you know make make decisions that aren't smart which you know is is natural and and and, and i and i can accept that for the most part but I hate when, like, because I think in moments of stress, people can, like, do stupid things and make a stupid decision. Right. I hate it when, it when it reaches the point of the character is just being just completely stupid. Just, like, a completely dumb character who, like, mm-hmm. is doing something that no one in real life would do. No reasonable person <laughs> would do in real life, mm-hmm. even given, like, the stressful circumstances that they find themselves in. And I hate, because I think a lot of writers do that, where they make the character just so stupid that it's like always just doing something very stupid in order to like advance like you know the plot like basically right. the only reason that this 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 person did this ex- extraordinary stupid thing was because we needed to advance this plot like we needed to get from this plot point mm-hmm. to this plot point or we needed this action to happen in this series or or, or film because we wanted to get here. It's basically mm-hmm. the writers like came up with an idea like, I want to get from A to Z. <laughs> How do I get to A to Z? Mm-hmm. Well, I have to have this happen, this happen, this happen, so I can get to Z. So in order to make this happen, 
like I'm gonna have to have my character do something extremely stupid because yeah. I am married to the idea of getting to this point Z. And those like that really have hate like I really hate that. Like I, I'm not a writer and I kept I keep thinking if I were to ever become a writer, like if I was ever someone who would like write a script or a screenplay, I always had them back in my head like I would have these certain rules that I would come I would abide by. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like, you know, don't write stupid characters. Mm-hmm. You can write flawed characters. You can write characters who make mistakes. Sure. Right. But you don't write a character that's stupid, especially a character whose stupidity is is necessary just to like advance whatever, you know, narrative you're trying to tell. Like and I really, really like dislike that. I'm trying to think of uh, an example. Do you have an example of of a stupid character? Uh, I can't think of anything. Like it's kind of hard to take. Like I know exactly what you mean because we we've, we've obviously talked about this when we've been watching certain things. <laughs> it's hard to think of an example because this happens in in TV shows, movies. It happens like all the time. Um, Maybe so, maybe more so in like, um, yeah, like maybe action, like thriller movie. Yeah, kind of, I, I think it would happen more and stuff like that. Like, just, there's something really tense, something, yeah. Yeah, anything like an action related show or like a, a sci fi show. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I can't think of any like specific examples like right now, but yeah, definitely those types of, because those are like high level, high stress. You know situations that mm-hmm. aren't like aren't even reasonably close to being like realistic you know to be quite honest and this is not an example of it at all but i i just started thinking about this um as you were saying it but it kind this kind of it might be the other side of the coin of what you're saying when this happens a lot in horror movies where somebody hears something in the basement <laughs> And it's like you're gonna go down and see what it is. It's like no, like no, some well, obvious. No, it's not even. No, it, it, this is what it is. Like the person hearing something in the basement and going downstairs mm-hmm. is not the problem of okay. like them being stupid. Okay. Like you know, you hear something in the basement, you might be like, okay, what's going on? This rises to the level of just being a, a an completely up to stupid person is that they go into the basement and they don't turn on the light oh that's perfect who right. does that okay who does who go like yeah I, you just go into the dark basement you just go into the dark basement <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with the light switch the light switch works right okay it's fine you hit the switch boom light it's only because <laughs> like you need something as a writer to like advance this this plot point so it has to be completely dark because the character decides not to turn on the light and then they go downstairs and then that's the opportunity for the the visual effects folks right. to do like a little scary like, you know pop up of a of, of a, a ghost right, or something monster, exactly whatever. i'm like yeah. no like no one in real life would do that someone in real life would turn on the light before they go into the basement right you know, even if they didn't hear a loud, like a a, a, a strange sound, yeah, they probably still most likely yeah. would just turn on the light. They go into the basement. Yeah, you see that all the time. Oh, the heat's not working. Can you go downstairs and pick? You know, see what's going on with the furnace. Right. <laughs> so they go down in the completely dark, or for or or like yeah, they like maybe they have a flashlight, maybe. But it's just so funny. Like that happens so much. Like going into dark basements. Like why? Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't have a horror film in the light, Steven. <laughs> right, but see, but that's my point. Like I, but it's it's 
writers take the lazy way out. Like, they just have, like, a character do something completely stupid or even out of character for, like, a reasonable person. It's like, well, I'm just going to go out here where I'll turn on the light. Like, if you could still set it up so that, like, you know, a situation where there is no light in order to get to the, the scary stuff happening. Wow. They turn on the light, and we've seen this before in movies. But they turn on the light, and it blows a fuse. Oh, oh yeah. But then oh. they have to go downstairs. <laughs> but that makes, but that still that but makes more sense. That makes though. more sense. They right. go downstairs and like, oh, let me fix the fuse box, or you know, do something, trip the circuit breaker because I blew a fuse, or or the light bulb blew, right, or right. maybe there's an actual like block wide power outage power or something. Outage. something. So it has right, to be see, something. So I just sense. gave you three examples of how you can get the person into the basement in the dark. Right. <laughs> But they don't want to do that. They, they just want to. They just want the person to be a complete idiot and just go to the basement without, turn the without turning on the light at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's. A, yeah. That you see that kind of stuff. D- different variations of that happen in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Like I was, I was talking about like the suspension of disbelief. But like, I mean, I was trying to think of an example of of that. But it just it just happens a lot in in movies where I think they're trying to have some realism, but then they have like kind of like unrealistic dialogue or or the character you know the character saying something or doing something that just doesn't like flow um and and you may have the 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 opposite of it like maybe um in you know some fantasy or sci-fi movies where um obviously like you got to suspend your disbelief um but there might be something that happens that just seems like well that would just just never happen and I usually don't feel that I'm, I'm more on the opposite I'm more like it kind of um annoys me when it's more when it's like a you know a movie like based in 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 reality in today's current time you know and um yeah and it's usually like more of a, a, a drama or you know just a serious movie or whatever and yeah something something happens or somebody somebody says something and it's just not like very realistic I can't think of it in, um example for that but um yeah it's just sometimes i feel like movies and even some tv shows just kind of like well you know how <laughs> i just thought of an uh, i just thought of a situation where a lot of people talked about this in terms of tv and uh two shows sex and the city <laughs> it could be any show actually in new york sex and the city friends uh the realist the unrealistic uh uh apartment situations like this is a really small detail <laughs> it's a really small thing about you know suspension of disbelief right but yeah a lot of people hated like how big the apartment was and friends um as well as sex and city uh sarah jessica's park sarah jessica parker uh carrie's apartment like everybody just thought there's no way like these people could afford these apartments, <laughs> especially Carrie, because she was like a writer. Like I didn't watch Friends enough, so I don't know what you know. I know Monica and what's her face. I can't even think of uh, Jennifer Aniston. No, it's Jennifer Aniston's character's name. Uh, Rachel. <laughs> um, I know they shared an apartment, so that might make more sense. But they their apartment was still huge, and um, but yes, uh, Carrie's apartment in Sex and City was. Everyone used to say like it was just so unrealistic on like. Uh, this column you know she wrote a column and it's just like how does she afford affording this um but i believe there's an episode that talked about that her apartment was rent stabilized and she only paid like a couple hundred bucks for her apartment well that's the explanation yeah i believe but i feel like you know that was like first season and like you know after six 
seasons or whatever, you know, people forgot. But people used to talk about that stuff. But that's one of those things that it's not going, it's not exactly what I want to bring up. But like, I just remember that's kind of like one of those things that you, you know, it's like, why, why not have them in a more realistic apartment? Like maybe even you can say that for Seinfeld too. Like, do you think he had like a realistic apartment? Yeah, he had a a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. It was pretty small. It wasn't like. You didn't think it was too big? (laughs) No. For for him on a comedian salary or what, what? well, That's what he was supposed to be, right? Yeah, but no, 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 not not in the least, not for mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Like he was a one bedroom apartment, you know. He had like little bathroom there, kitchen, mm-hmm. living. Like he yeah, didn't have like a kitchen, small kitchen, much, yeah. small like little table that you could sit at and eat with the couch and the th- no, yeah. it, it was mm-hmm. even like on a comedian salary. Like if he because he was he was never a quote unquote struggling comedian in the context of the show. Okay. Like he was always working, you know. He wasn't right. like no, I didn't know if it, he was supposed to be like though, even though he's always working, it doesn't mean he made good money. You know, yeah, so but know. but it never but it was never presented as like, oh wow, he's like a struggling comedian and no one knows who he is and he's mm-hmm. trying to make his way in the world. Like no, he was a comedian who who worked constantly, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean it elevated to the point where like he got the chance to be, you know, get his own T V show on NBC right. and things like that. But from the moment the show started, he was always, you know, working. 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 Now, if you want to talk about, like, location, because, <laughs> like, uh, they weren't quite, sh- it wasn't quite sure, like, or explained where he lived mm-hmm. that I that I know of. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to delve deeper into that, you could be like, well, how did he, you know, how did he live on the Upper West Side? You know, did he make that much money? I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know? See, that's the same thing with, like. With Carrie in Sex and City, too, where she lived. I think it was somewhere on the east side or, you know. But it was obviously, like, a really nice neighborhood. Because they would show the front, you know, of her building and stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. But but in the case of Seinfeld, like, but it looked like he lived in, like, a normal building, though. Like, it was, like, just a regular apartment building. Like, because you see from his neighbors, all his Mm -hmm. neighbors were just, like, regular people, you know. Right, He had a mailman neighbor and then he had like a, a horse-faced doofus who lived across the street <laughs> who didn't work at all <laughs> and you had just various people throughout the run of the show so i don't think that yeah. was unrealistic at all sorry for that tangent but anyway i'm trying to think of some examples of like you know just like and it's very and there's varying degrees of it i should say like very varying degrees of like you know, okay, this person lives in New York, but, you know, they don't make much money, but they have this fabulous apartment somehow, like that, that sort of thing, you know, and I'm always like, okay, well, how, you know, what, where are we supposed to be as a, you know, as the viewer? Like, where are we supposed to really suspend our disbelief here? Are we not? Like, you know, what are we supposed to call out as, okay, that's, you know, that's just not, you know, real. Although, obviously, we know this TV or this is a movie and it's fake. You know what I mean? It's like just um I go back and forth with that as with my pet peeves. Mm-hmm. Um you can go next if you Yeah, like. well, I don't want to be I don't want to Debbie Donner. No. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be a Debbie Donner and bring it up again. But I'm going to pivot back to families. Uh-huh. And one thing I I really think is tired and played is parents in shows that have terrible relationships with their children oh like yeah that's that's you know it's always like you know the rebellious teenager who's always like you Mm -hmm. know 
mad at the father because he divorced the mother. They're yeah. always like into like drugs or drinking. Like they never listen to the parents and they're just like a problem and then always like arguing. Like every show is like that. Like especially mm-hmm. like, you know, because we tend to watch like I said, genre show. So we tend to watch stuff that's like a sci-fi show or, mm-hmm. you know, a thriller, action thriller, a spy show or, or shows like that. So it's always like a situation where if there's a family involved, it's always like a fraught, tense relationship between the parents and the yeah. kid. The kid never listens, a teenager or 13, 14, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And I'm like, this is just so played out. And it just makes me think, like, how many, like, television writers has had terrible relationships <laughs> with their family? Right. Because it, it, it's, it's a trope that's, that's trotted out there all too often. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, you're supposed to have, show happy families or a great relationship between parents and their children, but I feel like it's, it's disproportionately depicted as like this really, really, really tough uh, or really, really, you know, difficult relationship between the parents and and the kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is like lame. Like, you, why do you why, why do you even do this? Like, yeah, like yeah, because it's usually very like t- there's always it's mostly tense, which I that hey that can go with my argument of like the suspension of disbelief, like. Are we supposed to believe that these relationships are just always just, I don't know, tense and teens are always just angsty and just don't listen to their parents? And I mean, yeah, obviously that happens. So there is some realism there. Sure. But I, I, I think there's realism. Like there'll be specific situations where there's like, oh, there's an argument between a kid and a parent or whatever. Right. You know, that happens. But I'm, I'm, I think of like there's too many shows where they rely on that being like, this is like. Mm-hmm. you know part of the show like they just like are always butting heads and it's yeah. always you know this tense you know like tense relationship and and it's and it's always like just the kid is just being like a complete like a-hole, a-hole. you know yeah, and right. it's like you know most kids aren't really like that you know then like mm-hmm. maybe it's their way of like well we have to create drama somehow yeah but i think about I think you know because because this is my jam it's been my jam since 93 I watch it all the time on television. It's like Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And I think about the relationship between Cisco, Benjamin Cisco, and his son, Jake. How, like, that was, like, a great depiction. It was the best depiction of probably, like, a, a black father and son relationship in the history of television. I mean, besides it being, like, a great depiction of that relationship, it's also, like, a great depiction of, like, you know, it's... It, there were times where the kid, like, he acted like a brat or, you know, mm-hmm. he disagreed with his father. But it was ne- it was always clear that, like, they loved each other. It was right. always clear. And and he wasn't, like, a terrible brat where he was always being an a-hole to his dad and just right. doing angsty, stupid mouthing things. Off mouthing stuff. off and stuff. Like, that, that never happened on the show. That's huge amongst TV shows and movies where the kid is, like, completely mouthing off, going back. I'm like... Right, exactly. Like that <laughs> that's something that happens all too much and like it didn't happen like Deep Space Nine. Like it was like, oh and they were able to involve the kid and have, you know, drama and, and situations with his father and with the show as a whole and create some tension and drama without going there. Like mm-hmm. he was able to put him in situations of his you know, him mature, maturing as a as a man and growing up and, mm-hmm. and you know, interpersonal relationships and relationships with his father and his friend and and you know, female companionship or whatever, they were able to 
create that conflict and 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 impart some drama without it being like well he's just going to be an angsty mouthy yeah. a-hole of a kid and i just use it as an example of like it can be done it's just i just sure. feel like there's too many shows that that don't even bother and that's mm-hmm. why i wonder is it is it really a situation where these writers like just had either mm-hmm. terrible relations with their parents mm-hmm. or they have terrible relationships with their kids the realist, the, 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 I guess what they're trying to present, you know, is that, yeah, parenting is hard and kids growing up is hard and kids are going through changes and parents, you know, have to deal with that. Kids have to, you know, deal with, you know, their changes in their bodies and all this stuff and things like that. And the, the, and so that is fine to, to present that in TV, movies, whatever, that there's obviously going to be, um, conflict at times and you know and to show you know this character you know the parent the character like usually the main character like just having a lot on their plate you know because usually it's like this person you know mom or dad both um is going through a lot at work you know they just got stuff going on personally you know particularly maybe if it's like a single mom or single dad whatever like they are trying to navigate the, you know, romantic life. And then they got this kid. So yeah, showing like all the different aspects of life is is fine and real. But yeah, when it comes specifically to the kid, it just like, it just gets overdone so much where the, it, the kid is just constantly, like almost egregiously like obnoxious and uh, like an a-hole. <laughs> and it's just like... Why isn't your kid nice ever? <laughs> it's like over relied upon by writers. Yeah, it's like they it's don't know how to trope. write. Yeah. They don't know how to write full, I guess, fully formed relationships, you know, mm-hmm. between parents and children. Like they, they a yeah. well-rounded relationship that has its ups and downs and mm-hmm. and turns. Like they're I think they're completely incapable of writing those types of relationships. So their fallback is like we're just gonna make the kid angsty and an a hole, yeah. And then you know we'll have to fi- we'll figure out then how how the parent can connect with the kid the, and figure the situation out. I will say that um, I watched This Is Us. I haven't been watching this current season because I just haven't had the mental capacity to watch that show right now, given the pandemic and everything. Like it's a lot. I mean, if anybody out there watches This Is Us, it's it's a lot. It's a kind of a heavy show, and not a lot of happy things happen on that show. Sometimes I'm like, why do I watch a show? It's so sad. Um, but I think they've done a good job with um, the kids on the show and and the parents be- only because you see uh, the show takes place over various points in the, the, the kids are adults in the current time. They're like 39 years old. But they go back in time and they they switch back and forth through various points of their lives when they from the time they were babies, uh, toddlers to like eight years old. Then they get into when they're I think I don't know if there's a in between like a 12, 13, but definitely like high school age. So you see like all stages. And one of the things I was just thinking about as you were saying this, that um, like the one character kevin like his character probably is the typical kid that you see on tv like very kind of anxious uh, uh angsty and a little bit you know um uh, i don't want to say obnoxious although he can be but like he's that typical character but what's nice is that 
um, the other two, Randall and Kate, they they kind of reflect more of like real, like through their whole span that you see them, like real um, kids, I guess you could just say. Like re it's more real, especially with Kate, because she definitely goes back and forth between like when she was little or just younger, like when they show her eight, she's really like just like nice but a little insecure because she's you know she's a little heavier and and you see that relationship with her and her mom um because the mom obviously you know just feels like oh you know she's sad and whatever because she you know she doesn't look like the other girls all of her friends are skinny and all this stuff so you can tell like they're working through you they you see them working through that but at that age, she just is so like, I don't know. She's just, there's a sweetness about her that you don't, that I haven't seen with kids on a TV show in a long time. But then it changes as she gets to be a, a teenager. And then she gets a little bit more like angsty and stuff. And, and I think that is real. And then obviously as an adult, Kate is like, she's going back and forth like she's sweet she's nice and they have like a decent relationship but they're working through things so i think only because of that show the nature of that show that they they show all these different stages that they actually can you know they can form a real kind of like and the show is obviously about their family you know like you can see kind of all these different points and transitions but a lot of shows just it's like if they have a family on the show you just they're just second fiddle, third fiddle even sometimes right. to like the main point of the show. And so you just don't, all you get are these bits and pieces. Like, again, you get that angsty teen and, you know, all of that just, and it's, and it just doesn't help the show. Like right. I often wonder why they do that because it, it, you're not going to do anything with this kid or right. kids. Which goes to my earlier <laughs> point of like, why are you including the family in this with, in the first place? In the first place, they're yeah. not contributing to this, this story. It's like, you know, yeah. if you have a story, like a show, uh, I use it as, a, as an example. Like, with, with something like, let's think about like, like the X-Files. Mm -hmm. So the X-Files, you have Scully and you have Mulder and then they're FBI agents, and every week it's Monster of the Week. They're going, and you know they, they find you know they're investigating a werewolf sighting in, in, <laughs> in Portland, and then they're mm -hmm. going to investigate some alien abductions in Iowa, whatever it is. It's something different, but they but the show really for the most part stayed kept the focus on them. It wasn't right. like Scully had a husband and a kid at home. Mm -hmm. Motor wasn't a divorced man with like two kids living with his ex-wife. Mm -hmm. They didn't include all that stuff because that's just silly. Like, mm -hmm. uh, of course in real life those people might have like brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and family members and mm -hmm. but this isn't real life. This is a TV show. Yeah. Like, get to the heart of it. The heart of the show is about two FBI agents who are investigating all this strange phenomenon that's, that happens all over the country. Right. You know? And and that's and that's the premise of the show. Like right. you don't need to like force this family situation in there because then if you force the family situation there, then you'll be forced to write for the family. You have to right. figure out a way to to keep keep them involved in the show. But then like you said, like then you have to include kids and then it's like, okay, what am I gonna do with this kid? Well, the kid is gonna have to be angsty and, and angry all the time at his dad for going across the country <laughs> to investigate these, you know, the sightings of Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest, and then you have to write that, and then you you're not doing a good job, and it's like no, just mm -hmm. cut all that out. Like only include 
the necessities of of what you need for this character and what you need for this show. Yeah. Well, let's go away from kids and families because we probably beat that horse. Look, the people need to know. And like I, I feel as though I'm doing a public service here. <laughs> I am doing a public service where I'm in bringing to light some of these issues. And I think people listening are going to be like, you know what? Stephen has a point. Like, why do they keep having these shows with all these, <laughs> these families? We're moving on. I'm just saying. We're moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about flashbacks. Because I can't stand okay. them. Okay, go ahead. That's all I have to say. I just hate flashbacks in anything. I'm not... Because I feel like they're just not done well. Um, I'm just kind of like, just put it in the show. <laughs> just put it in the movie. As is. Like, you know, start... Yeah. Some Something um, also that I kind of like thought about too was um, movies that start um, at the ending and then they work their way to the beginning. Right, the time shift. Oh, God. I... That's I don't hate it. It's not a peeve because I actually don't see too many films that do that. But sometimes I'm just kind of like, why can't we just start from the beginning? <laughs> it happens in TV shows more than films, but see, that's my biggest thing. You think thing. so? It happens in TV more than films? Yeah, like starting at the beginning, like starting at the end. Well, not, yeah, like, you know, like really, like you see the end of the movie. That's what I mean. Like, because I feel like that's a movie thing. I don't, I don't know what TV, what well, TV shows. Well, here, let me put it like this. The biggest person, of the biggest, I guess, perpetrator of this, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say perpetrator because it seems like it's a crime to entertain it, <laughs> would be J.J. Abrams. Okay. Like, he loves doing that in his stuff. Like, he did it in, like, Alias where, yeah, I don't, like, you know, basically they'll show, like, like I guess the, the famous episode, it may have been, like, the Super Bowl episode of Alias where, like, um... Sydney Bristow's like on the plane and then she's like you know has this like sexy flight attendant outfit on I think mm-hmm. and then like you know then she starts beating up a dude on the plane uh-huh. and then like I guess maybe like she okay. jumps off the plane and explodes or something like okay. that like with a parachute and then it's like 24 hours earlier and yeah. then we go back to like yeah okay you know how we got to that where, point I see what you're saying that's what I'm talking yeah, about yeah for the because I'm thinking of the whole show I'm thinking of the whole run of a show like where they start the first season have you know what I mean like I don't know why like in my head when you said that I was thinking I've never seen a show start at the ending and then well, work yeah. their way through seasons yeah, I mean, going shows, to the beginning yeah where they show something and then they'd be like well let's jump back to how we got here two days before yeah you know? yeah 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 okay yeah no that totally happens well, but what yeah. do you mean well, no, I, I meant that, like what you said, yeah. in terms of an episode. I wasn't yeah. thinking of it as an episode, because, yeah, that does totally happen. I was thinking of it as an entire show is built off of, like, the first season is basically, like, even the first episode of the first season is like, this is what happened at the end of whatever. It's mm. just the ending, and then now we're going to work our way to the, like, how we got here right. through the whole run of the show. <laughs> like, that's what I meant. That's what I was thinking that you meant. But yeah. no, I was, uh, yeah, no, that, but even still with TV shows, I don't, I don't know, does that happen, that doesn't happen a lot these days. I feel that was like an old thing. I think it, yeah, in the I, 90s, it depends on the show, but what you said just reminded me, another show that does something similar is like Titans on, it's on HBO Max now, but it was on DC where it's like, you know, like the younger, like superheroes, mm-hmm. like Robin and, and Wonder Girl and all these other folks where right. like that show is based it's like one of those shows where you know every episode is 
you know, there's the, like the main point or plot of that particular episode or story, but then like throughout the episode, they do like flashbacks to yeah. like, you know, how how Robin, you know, decided to like leave Batman, or then how mm. you know what happened yeah. when he first you know met Wonder Girl, or yeah. you know, it's all these like like the entire first two seasons of that show, like every episode was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're gonna do flashbacks, 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 like throughout with each episode, and that's like annoying. Yeah, like, it's like, dude, like I came I to watch the present <laughs> show, like I came to watch the story you're telling now. You don't need to use every episode to like flash back to, yeah, you know, well, this is when he first met Hawk. Hawkman or whatever his name is. I don't even know his uh-huh. show or whatever. And oh, this is what happened the last time he fought this villain. Mm-hmm. And they do that all the time. Yeah, there's a level. The flashbacks are just sometimes just too egregious to me. Like they're just too much. That's my word for the day. Egregious. They're just too much. They're too long, and I feel like they're just never well done. Now, I could argue that This Is Us is a huge flashback, <laughs> but the way they do it, it doesn't make me feel like it's a flashback at all like they literally are kind of almost like almost feels like parallel universes like they're running all these different parts of their lives like simultaneously so yeah but people can fight me and (laughs) if they want to about it because you can definitely say it's flashbacks if you want but um no i generally don't like flashbacks but here's the funny thing on the flip side which is something that I've heard people don't like, which I can see why, but I kind of like it, is um, exposition. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like when there's this, like, this huge, like, uh, explanation dump of... Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like see? I don't like the info dumps. Like, info dump, yeah. If, info like... dump. if you're a skilled writer, you're able to get that information out without having a character sit there and, and you know, and speak you a soliloquy. It's always like backstory. About what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways that you could do it. Like, you don't have to have characters say to each other, it's like, yeah, man, it's like, you know, back, you know, I used to, he used to be the biggest, uh, you know, villain in the city and I fought mm-hmm. him and then you know mm-hmm. he, because of this you know I lost my hand in the battle and I don't need like those like long like <laughs> explanations of info dumps of like what's going on like you should be able you to want a show don't tell yeah exactly so you can skillfully get that information out for the viewer without going through going that route for some reason both are the same really flashbacks or info dumps right it's this telling of the story that's not in the story right you know it's kind of like yeah, exactly. Just put it in the story. For some reason, though, I just don't like the flashbacks. I I don't I I don't mind a character just telling me some stuff. Now I do. Again, <laughs> there are some that is just way too much talking. Like I agree with that. There are some that are way too much. Talking, but I don't I don't mind a little. I don't mind when two characters are sitting. It, it just has to make sense. It has to be in 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 rhythm, if that makes any sense. Like it just has to be in the flow of the story. Right. Of the of the whole storyline where you've got two characters sitting there. it well no I don't I can't say it because it might give I don't it was it's a Falcon Winter Soldier reference but I won't it's just it just has to be it just has to make sense where two people are sitting and and literally having a conversation and you get that backstory mm-hmm. which is where I feel like it's very natural because these people are talking anyway and and they maybe were talking about something like presently and the other person is like well you know. 
this is what happened to me not even saying it like that they just it just flows it has to flow correctly yeah. and a lot of times i i understand that it doesn't it just comes out of nowhere and this person just drops all this information i, I, I just think it's, a, it's it's i think the 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 common theme is like you just have to have like good skilled writers who can get this yeah. information out yeah without it being so like awkward and ham-handed or like mm-hmm. You know, force fed or forced into the situation. Mm-hmm. But like one show that that did do flashbacks well because that was kind of like the premise of it's is like Lost. Like mm. the way Lost was was set up, it was designed. You know, the way the show was structured was the people were lost on the island, but then you know they kept showing like flashbacks to their life before the island. So mm-hmm. how they you know how they became who they became. In a, in a sense, mm. how their their personalities and who they were were informed, and what happened before they got on the plane, what happened while they were on the plane, you know, things like that, and, yeah. and it was done very, very, very well with Lost. Yeah, and I think also the problem with Lost, the way the show was, it was so successful of a show, then everyone else tried to copy it, so they tried to copy. The whole thing with Lost. They copy mm-hmm. like the flashbacks. Like mm-hmm. that's something yeah. like Manifest also does Manifest with these flashbacks. Does, yeah. They copied it with like the mystery of all these, you know, uh these distinct, disparate people who have no connection are all connected by this weird, crazy phenomenon. And then they, mm-hmm. you know, have they their 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 lives are brought together. And that's something else that's like, you know, that they kind of took from loss. And like mm-hmm. because of loss, you have shows who tr- that try to do that. So yeah. when it comes to all these flashbacks and yeah. stuff that we complain about. It's like <laughs> stop trying to be like loss. Like loss was lost. Stop <laughs> trying to do that. Um yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that. Um, did you have anything else what, to say? Not about that, but okay. I'll tell What's you your... one thing I don't like. Yep. And this might seem like... And you may be like, well, Stephen, why, is, why does this matter to you? Why don't you care about it? Yeah, because it does, okay? And I don't like weird characters <laughs> in shows or movies. Well, I don't. I don't explain weird though. I don't like weird characters who are weird just for the sake of being weird. Like they like when a writer thinks that's character development is like they have a guy who just like who just likes to act weird. Like it, what if it's like an office situation where, um, let's say like it's a, it's a cop show and the medical examiner and the medical examiner is someone who's like you know he always like you know walks around and he just like. Always keeps marshmallows in his lab coat. Yeah, that and, kind of stuff. And is... will eat a marshmallow, <laughs> and then like he'll like you know be he'll talk to like the cops and explain you know what the cause of death was for this particular victim, and then he'll be like really weird and and odd and eccentric yeah. and like well you know and and he'll just say like odd things and you know I feel like like no why, why are you doing this like why are you just creating a <laughs> weird person. Just for the sake of being weird, like this doesn't advance the, it doesn't advance the plot any. It doesn't make the show more enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. It, it it's not character development for that particular character. It's just like they just, they're just a weird weird person for this situation. Yeah. and it's like, come on, people. We know we all know weird people in like you know re- real life and in, in certain ways and how they might speak or interact, but. 
they're disproportionately represented in shows and in important positions in shows too. It's always like a weird like medical examiner. I was like, just gonna say that is like the key character that right. they use to make quirky, weird, right, odd behavior. Like, is it because they think because they hang around dead bodies all the time? So well, they must they, like it, so they must be a weirdo. Just you know, weird. Like, yeah, that is the guy. Now, every now and then, like I think you can see on what's gonna call it on um, CSI. Sure, CSI. Yeah, they are always cool. Their medical examiners are right. always cool. But you, but you understand like yeah. where I'm getting at. It always yeah. seems like it's a character like a lot that. Of shows there that's going to be like a weird a person, and that's just like an weird. example of like yeah. I just hate when you just make characters weird just for the sake of being be weird. weird. Like no, like this, this is if dumb. you're not going to make a Kramer, don't make them at all. Because I felt like Kramer, it just it was just right. Right, time, but, yeah. but also it's also a comedy as well. So his it his character sense, yeah. is going to be goofy and like have these weird things about him and things that he likes and mm-hmm. says you know crazy things because it's a comedy too. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like it works. It works because mm-hmm. every comedy is always going to be like kind of like a weird goofy character. But, but then you can ask yourself, why do we always need a weird goofy character on a comedy? It's already a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's another that thing. That might be overdone, too, actually. Yeah, that that might be overdone as well. It's like, yeah, we got to have that one character who was just, like, just super, super weird. Like, kind of mm-hmm. like how Winston was on New Girl, where for yes. the first, like, four seasons... <laughs> First four seasons, the writers were struggling to figure out a personality for him. Like so we don't, give him a cat. <laughs> what are we gonna do with Winston? We just keep come up with crazy because we don't know what to do with this character. Everyone, like, every other character was set and mm-hmm. and how their personalities were going right. to be, and we knew what kind of person they were going to be. But Winston, they didn't know what to do. They kept going from here to there, and they went to a point where he became like a prankster, and he would him and CC would do pranks, and like it was always a you know, Winston and CC mess around, right. and then they had him like with with the cat um, Ferguson. Ferguson, where he. He was just being weird, really weird with this cat. Yeah. Like, you know, he dresses up the cat, and it's like me and Ferguson are going to the club to get women. You know, yeah. like okay, that's just weird. Like that's just the funny weird. thing about that show too. Just on a small tangent was that you know, okay, like Damon Wayans was supposed to Damon. Yeah. Okay. Junior. Well, junior. Right. Okay. I was like, yeah, it's <laughs> Damon Wayans Junior was supposed to be that character, and that makes me wonder, like, what did they have planned for him? Well, he wasn't going to be that character. Like, they changed the character. So, Damon Wayans Jr. was going to be coach. So, he's going to be like a former basketball player. That was going to be his basketball yeah, player. he did come on to the show later. Right. right. He yeah, was, okay. Yeah, he, yeah, he was Winston. His name was Winston, but he's going to be a former basketball well, player. I wonder why they didn't just, like... Because maybe they didn't think Lamorne Morris was going to be convincing as, like, a former basketball player who was kind of, like, well, cocky. Yeah, short. Right, a little <laughs> yeah. shorter, a little uh, more slender build. But they just basically didn't even come up with anything for him. Exactly. Like, nothing. They had like, nothing. nothing. Like, not till the well, end. Well, he ended up becoming a cop, right? Yeah, but they, they then they, that's when they kind of, like, settled on what he's going to be. Like, okay, he's going to be kind of like this cop, but he's going to be also kind of, kind of weird with this cap. But before then, they really didn't know. Like, they just kept... Changing his personality on what he was, and it was it was like a it was a shame. It was like, come yeah. on, man, I like pick pick something for him and and stick with it. Don't have him being weird just to be for the sake of being weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Okay. Um, I have a whole bunch of little small things that I can just run through, and you can just talk about them Go ahead, if you like. Me. 
So it's just going to be a little barrage because we're, what's the time? Are we're, we, we're, yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah. okay. And, then I, and then I'll hit we, you with my last we, one. We've been going off on tangents. We, we're sorry. Okay. So these are small things. They happen um, in movies and or TV. Just little things that I get annoyed with. Um, and maybe you do too. Um, I hate bullies and, and stuff. Bullies are so weird. And I don't know. It's all like... It's like the same thing. It's just, it's the typical, you know, taller, oversized child <laughs> for his age. Usually it's a he. Um, and got to pick on the like smaller child. Um, and, it, and it happens with, you know, girls too. You know, it's usually the girl who's with the mean girl crew. And I just, I don't know. I'm just sick of seeing bullies in tv shows i mean i know it's like a real life thing that can happen but i'm just like the way they depict them that's what i'm tired of because it's the same over and over again you know they're in k they're in class they're walking down the hall they slam the locker kids stuff a kid in a lock i'm just over that okay moving on um <laughs> this is real small this happens probably mainly in movies but um can happen in tv but People driving, you're in a car, you're driving, and the driver keeps looking over at the passenger like for far too long. And it's like so annoying, and I can't believe they still do that because I'm just like, you're driving. But that, to me, that that's not even like a problem with the writing. It, it's really a problem with like the actor, like not knowing, like. Well, the, it's a problem. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah. No, you don't get to cut in right now. I'm just trying to run through these. <laughs> cut in at the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now he's sad. <laughs> I'm trying to just go through them. Go through it then. Go. Keep going. So that is a peeve. Um, okay. This is a big one. So people, someone explaining something or trying to explain something to somebody else, but they keep getting interrupted and they can't explain the thing that's going to save Let's say we have person A, person B. Person A is trying to like hurry in and explain something to person B. Person A is like, I gotta tell you something. Oh my God, like you'll never believe. And then like person B starts go talking and they won't let person A get a word in. And then person B is like, okay, bye, I gotta go. And then the person A, for some reason, can't stop person B from leaving to tell them this really important information that could either stop them from being embarrassed or stop them from being in danger. I don't understand why that happens all the time, but it's very, very annoying when person B is that person that always interrupts and they want to like, oh, you know, we have, you know, whatever. They always have something to say that seems to be more pressing and they won't let person A get in a word. And that is so annoying. Okay, moving on. Um, I hate when, um, usually this is in action films, uh, when characters they usually, you know, the action hero, the man, he saves the woman and then like they have to kiss in this like really, really dramatic situation, like really tense, really scary. Like there's always that stop <laughs> of, you know, they're just like, oh my God, thank you for saving me type of, you know, energy. And they have to like kiss while like the building is falling down or whatever, or they're like, I don't know, like hanging from a building or something. Just, I don't know. I just hate that. Um, Okay, in TV shows specifically, and these are like cop shows. I don't like when, um, we talk about this all the time, when you know you got a, uh, two cops, partners, and they, they need to go investigate something. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go investigate. And one of those people, usually it's like it happens both ways. They need to go investigate something where they definitely need backup. But do they ever call the backup? No. No. They just go investigate. Or you have a situation where you've got two, you know, partners. And this is a situation where it might be somebody is like personally invested in this for some reason and they're like okay well we need to go investigate i'm gonna go investigate no you no we need backup blah, blah, blah. okay you're right we're gonna wait about it we're gonna wait for backup but they don't the person you know who's like really invested in this who has some sort of personal connection to this you know whatever is going on this investigation they go and investigate alone like why does that always happen why is it always one cop going to investigate something and it's like ugh. This is going to be like a highly dangerous situation, usually with like a whole bunch of people with guns and like, it's just one person going to investigate. I hate that. Back to the personal story or the personal like connection. Why is it always, I hate this, in cop shows, you got the one cop, something happens to like maybe a family member or to a friend or something, and it happens to be some like person that got away, you know, and so now they have this personal connection to this um you know to this crime or to this murder or whatever their boss is like no i need to take you off this case because like you have a personal connection and then of course what happens that cop isn't gonna like be objective just just sit down and just stay at home while the other while the police you know the rest of the police like take care of no they're gonna like be at home they're gonna sneak into the precinct and get on the computer and find information they're gonna do their own investigation on the side they're gonna go and like hunt down this person Hey, that happens way too much. Um, and that's it. <laughs> so that was my barrage. Well, thanks for the barrage. <laughs> like, what you said also reminded me of, like, I hate situations where in a show, like, or a movie, where someone has to, like, if someone, if, they, if the people just had a conversation, if the person <laughs> just told the other person this important information, yeah. you could have, like, saved a bunch of time. You know, I was so like, hey, if you, if you would have just told him that, you know, uh, his father is at the door. You know, like, it just, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. like, they just, basically, right. they just never, like, sit down and have a conversation like real normal people would. And then it just, like okay, prolongs the situation. Like, okay, now we just added 30 minutes to the movie because <laughs> that person didn't just sit down and explain something. But <sighs> but my, my my big thing is that, I, that I'm going to wrap it up on is, because mm-hmm. as I mentioned before, genre shows and things like that, I like, you know, that's what I, that's my wheelhouse. I like action stuff, I like sci-fi, I like thrillers. Mm-hmm. And and in, in invariably in these things it's always like a bad guy or bad woman who's mm-hmm. the who's the villain. Yeah. I hate the the overused trope of you know, you think about like spy movies in particular maybe where the villain is always like the most like educated, knowledgeable like person in the world where the villain like can start, you know, quoting um you know, classical works of like Plato <laughs> yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, Plato and, and like all these philosophers or like Shakespeare, like they, they know, you know, a, a sonnet from one of these Shakespeare plays. <laughs> and then they, they, they're able to like reel off those quotes to like the, right. to the good guy, you know, like they have the good guy tied up and then, right. you know, they'll say, you know, and Shakespeare's sonnet of Macbeth and that, third act and you know fourth stanza yeah that 
you know, perchance to dream or, you know, whatever. Like, they, they, <laughs> like they know everything. Like, they, right. I just hate the, the overly... The overly educated, overly knowledgeable villain who can just bring up obscure facts and information, <laughs> or like, or they'll be some, they'll say something like, you know, the the Mediterranean black beetle is one of the most dangerous <laughs> beetles in the history of the world, and if you and then they'll and they'll have like the beetle in their the beetle, hand, right. <laughs> they'll have it in there, and it's like. Under the right circumstances, if you stimulate the head of the beetle, <laughs> it will shrink into a ball and send out its, test- its <laughs> tentacles to sharpen and inject its victim with poison that will par- paralyze them for 24 hours. Like, they just know these obscure facts. And I'm just like, and they what? they obscure bugs. <laughs> right, and obscure bugs. And, like, that is just so annoying. I'm like, why do you have to have these villains that are just so learned and so knowledgeable about everything they just pull out this random information when they're, you know, having these discussions or, you know, uh-huh. have the, the good guy tied to a chair in some room. And I'm like, that's just so overused in play. Like... I mean, I know like you're supposed to you're supposed to present a challenge for the protagonist where you know they have to go up against a a villain or antagonist who is on the surface like un, unbeatable. Like, how am I going to beat this guy? You know, right. you have to present a challenge to the protagonist. But it's like, but why is it always got to be like this? Is guy is just it can't be just he's just a normal guy who's kind of smart or just you know has these tools at his disposal. No, he has to be like. The most, the smartest guy in the world who knows about obscure Mediterranean black beetles, and to me, that's like overused and played. And I really hate seeing that. And that's something you always yeah. get, like you always get in like spy movies and things yeah. like that. You know, a lot of that sounds very Bondish, <laughs> right? Bond, Bond film ish. Um, yeah, you always get that. Villains, villains are yeah. I mean, in this day and age, we we. We are seeing a lot of repetitive things in movies and TV shows, and it's like, okay, y'all need to to get some new um, villain tactics. <laughs> it all boils down to like writing. I mean, I just yeah. think, oh yeah, for sure. If you just do a better job of like, and that's what separates the the good stuff from the bad. Where uh-huh. we when we see certain shows, if you see something like, you know, Game of Thrones, and you think about why Game of Thrones was so successful, and and, and the way they wrote some of those characters. And mm-hmm. you see, like, yeah. wow, this is really, 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 really good. Like this is, And then you see other shows that try to be like Game of Thrones and all these right. other shows. And it's like, yeah, this isn't as good. Like, why is that? Because yeah. they didn't take the same time and care in writing, like, mm-hmm. some of these characters, you know? The last season withstanding, even though I didn't think it was terrible, like everybody likes to say. But, like, let's not forget the other several seasons that were just some of the best, like, writing i think really you were doing TV. the most talking about the last season being bad like yeah it didn't end the way you wanted it to and yeah i could i can agree that some episodes or some character motivations weren't consistent but any season that had the like those two episodes the episode before the the battle with the the white walkers mm-hmm and the and the actual White Walker battle where like mm-hmm. Arya was like sneaking around in the library Woo! and all that. Yeah. Those were like two of the best episodes of the I series. Just, yeah, like wow. I mean, just thinking back. Mm. Right. So it, mm. any any <laughs> any season that has two episodes that good 
could have been completely bad. Like, come on. Like, those are really, 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 really good episodes. And it's like, okay, the other ones may not have been as good, but man, if you talk about as a whole, I think those two episodes are so good that, like, it does mm-hmm. overcome some of, like, the bad those, stuff. The episode where they were just pretty much talking. Yeah. Like, that's... all the dialogue. Uh, what was it? First two episodes or second? Yeah, episode? the, so the episode before the the, the, the battle. Okay, before yeah. the battle, like yeah. the night before the when night. they're all sitting show, around yeah, drinking. I mean, you know, you in a show like that, you didn't you didn't get much of that at all. Every, it was always something happening. I mean, you got bits and pieces of talking, obviously, but like it was always to because people were plotting <laughs> some someone's demise, right? Um, or but, some battle or whatever. But yeah. But we digress. We digress. But that—that's, yeah, that's that's essentially a bunch of stuff that grinds our gears. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. hope you enjoyed our vent session, and um, maybe you can tell us what grinds your gears. Yeah, just uh, you know, reach out to us on Facebook, just mm-hmm. the two of us podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, or on Twitter, just the two of us podcast, and mm-hmm. and. Let us know, like, what do you agree? Do you agree with some of these, like, gear grinding <laughs> situations in movies and television? Do you have any of your own? Please feel free to share them. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'll put a I'll put a bow on this one. We did it, Joe. <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you.